my husband's boss come over one day because they both bought new motorbikes and uh, decided they were going to go out and play with their toys. So he was over and we were talking about, at the, at the time I was developing relationship and resilience tools within my business and we were talking about a few of those and he said, you know what, you should write a book for FIFO. And I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you feel like the top of your head's going to blow off when you get a really good idea. And all the time, <laughs> I have all the time. Oh, I could do this and let's yeah. do that. And it just made so much sense to me. Hello, and welcome to the Beers with a Minor podcast, episode number 16. This week is a happy hour episode. My name is Mad Mumsy and I have been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open-cut coal mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? You must be rich. Oh, how do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Now, let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? <laughs> oh, I crack me up. In today's episode, I speak with Kirsty O'Callaghan, author of a fantastic book, Separated by Work, the essential handbook that helps every family to survive and thrive when separated by work. This episode is part one of what will be two podcast episodes, and we will cover a good chunk of the book as we speak today, and then the next section, which Kirsty will touch on later, we will share in our second episode because there's a lot to cover and I've only read up to a certain point in the book and apparently the best is yet to come. Is that right, Kirsty? Kirsty is also a FIFO wife, mum, business owner, executive consultant, life coach, blogger, public speaker, trainer and assessor and, of course, an author. She also seems to be as passionate about sharing the mining lifestyle as I am after hearing many stories from miners and their families. Kirsty has joined us here to talk about this with us today and welcome to the Beers with a Miner podcast, Kirsty. Thank you, Mad Mumsy. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. It's it's really good that we've um, finally managed to line up our schedules and sit down and have our little face-to-face. We're on video, so it's always good to put a not just a picture (laughs) an actual moving person to the name so as this podcast is called the beers with a minor podcast i like to start these happy hour episodes with my guests sharing their favorite beverage and also their favorite time to enjoy it it could be beer wine spirit or perhaps even a cup of tea and what is yours Mine is white wine. I, I love a good Sam Blanc. I did hear somebody say once that it's mother's milk. I'm not quite sure what that means, but um, but it's good enough for me. Um, I do like to have a wine. I do enjoy a couple of glasses of wine a couple of times a week, um, you know, wine with friends. Uh, I, I did feel like a real author at the times I felt like hiding under my desk and drinking wine. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, wine's been a very good friend of mine. <laughs> And I'm really loving that I can do one of my um, interviews drinking it with you. 
That's awesome. See, this is the beauty of the Beers with a Minor podcast. We're different, telling it from a different angle. It's not like doing an interview on the ABC. No, no, it's different, but that's good. That's awesome. I'm glad. Well, I'm having a Forex Gold can, which Mad Mumsy listeners know is my favourite beverage, and it's a Queensland afternoon here at least we're both on the same time it's a bit harder when I interview someone over in WA they're two hours behind so it's beer o'clock for me (laughs) it's not quiet for them and some will take one for the team I remember my sister the hard hat mentor did but others no they're still having a cup of tea yeah yeah no it's all good here so do you have a favorite brand of wine Uh, no I'm pretty good I'm pretty good with anything that's on special <laughs> I love it down to down to that local local bottle shop yep. and try it out. Yeah, you know, three bottles for twenty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's the go. Yeah, I I don't mind a red wine with my dinner. I started having just small little couple of mouthfuls, and now I'm up to having. Oh, I might have another glass. That tasted nice. Yeah. So, well, but I, only, I have to be eating. Yeah, and I my mum gets horrified because I put ice blocks in it. I don't think that's too kosher, is it? <laughs> I'm not a wine connoisseur. I'm a beer drinker. And it's it's Queensland. It's hot. But, mom, see, mum puts her wine in the fridge. Yeah. So I don't put my wine in the fridge. So but yeah. <laughs> each to their own. That's it. That's yeah. it. Okay. Well, I suppose we better dig in and get on with this. Um, I'll, I was really so excited when you reached out to me and said that you'd seen the work that I was doing and would I mind (laughs) accepting a copy of your book separated by work and um, I was doing the little running dance in my kitchen and I was so excited by your kind offer thanks and it got here really quick so I got to take it out to work with me and I I think I did a little video with a little unboxing and it was really pretty with a nice little um, cards in there as well it was awesome thanks so much for doing that my pleasure I've been watching you on um, Facebook and the work that you're doing is amazing and I did think at first and I don't know if this is true or not but uh, Mad Mumsy I thought I wonder if the Mad stands for Make a Difference because you were doing such great things and and, um, you know, and I thought you really are making a difference in the industry and I love your integrity and, and what you were doing um, and you could really tell it came from the heart and you cared about this community and so that's what mattered to me and that's why I reached out to you. Wow, thank you. You, you know what? This is an aha moment. Yeah. Of course mad means make a difference <laughs> as of. 405 <laughs> on the 19th of July 2016. Thank you. That That's awesome. I think it's more because my kids thought I was a bit mad. They've been calling me mad mumsy for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, oh, It was kind of just my alter ego and I started off just blogging about hippie kind of stuff and then, um, yeah, I saw a need mm to express about living the mining lifestyle because really I know in my intro I say so many people 
ask me the same question and it's true they're always asking oh how do I get a job in the mines and how did you get in and yeah. um you know are they really that big and oh you you know and you must be rich yeah mm, yeah yeah well, I, I like always... how a lot of people will say um you know oh you're so lucky to be earning that type of money oh but I couldn't do it and leave my family and I think you just shouldn't say either of those things you know and instead of saying I wouldn't do what you're doing and I don't know how you do it. How about say, how am I? Without Asking you how you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, instead of going, I couldn't do that to my family or, you know, you're so lucky and you think, yeah, I, I don't think we're lucky. It's just choices and hard work like anything. That's right. And I guess people that see it as lucky are the perhaps people that have tried to get in and it didn't all fall into place. Mm. That's another big thing that I say is there's no magic phone number. No. They used to say, can you just write down where do I go to get a job in the mines? Like, hey, what? You know, what sort of job do you want? Where do you want to live? Yeah. Do you even know any of the options available? Yeah. Yeah, this is, you know? it's, it's an absolute minefield out there um and because uh, my daughter's trying to get uh out there at the moment and um she's really struggling and her father works out there <laughs> so it's, yeah it, it is it's almost a part-time job just looking for a job in the mining industry definitely i totally agree with that and especially at the moment in the downturn yeah you know there's not um widespread new jobs coming up no so it it does make it tougher, but my big thing is if you really want it, go after it. Absolutely, and just keep going. Exactly, and if it's about you know they say oh it's who you know it's who you know. all right we'll start to get to know people. Yeah. Follow people on Facebook, joining conversations, yeah. and if you're not on Twitter, I thought Twitter was a bit weird at first, but yeah. so much happens instantly on Twitter. Oh, absolutely, Jobs. I still can't get my head around it. But every time I get on on there and I just hashtag something, somebody notices who's very busy and important. I think, oh, look at that! <laughs> I know. I was followed by a Darnie the other day. <laughs> a Darnie and cat mining followed. Little old mad mumsy uh, on Twitter, and I've had a couple of conversations with them because yeah. you can do a private message yes, as well, right. or you can just tweet back and forth yeah. and share things. And yeah, so that's Crazy another option. Good. Yeah, if you if you're looking out of as a way to get in, mm. perhaps let's start off by hearing your story, Kirsty. How did a FIFO lifestyle affect you so much that you? really wanted to put pen to paper yeah. and begin your journey sharing what it's really like. Yeah, um, well, my husband has been in the fiber industry now for eight years and um, so he's worked away, he's done all the shifts possible, um, you know, for, uh, you know, whatever, four days away to home and then um, four weeks away, one week home, like all of them. And now at the moment we're doing six and two, so six weeks away, two weeks home. And, um, yeah, all of them are tough in different ways. Um, I'm actually enjoying, because we've been doing it so long now, I'm enjoying the six weeks away, two weeks home, not for the six weeks away, but we have two whole weeks together, which is the longest we've ever been together the whole time we've been doing the FIFO lifestyle. So um, I was having, I, w I went through a lot. When he first started, my youngest was one and I had two preteens and um, it was really, really tough. And I ended up, um, even with all my training and my counselling business and everything that I knew, I ended up um, on the floor just wanting to give up, crying my eyes out. I was just done. 
I, I couldn't care less if I fell off the face of the earth in that moment. It was just too hard. And um, I wrote about that a bit in my book and that experience and how I felt and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and then what turned it around. And then I decided, well, you know what, I'm going to make this work for my family. And um, from there I started to go, well, how can I? Because I'm always one to ask the next question and the next question. So how can I? What are other people doing? What what can we be doing differently? What can we be doing better? What can I be doing for me? You know, and so I started to really develop very strong strategies which made my relationship better. It made my relationship with myself better because one of the things that happen when somebody's not there in every day and distracting you and you're not looking after them and, and you're not having conversations, all you're left with is yourself after everybody goes to bed. And if you're not really good with having a good relationship with yourself, everything else can fall down. So, you know, they say FIFO magnifies everything and it certainly does, including how you actually feel about yourself. And um, and so that's a lot of people find that's their tipping point and it's certainly one of mine. And so anyway, so I went through a couple more years and uh, I had my husband's boss come over one day because they both bought new motorbikes and uh, decided they were going to go out and play with their toys. So he was over and we were talking about, at the, at the time I was developing relationship and resilience tools within my business and we were talking about a few of those and he said, you know what, you should write a book for FIFO. And I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you feel like the top of your head's going to blow off when you get a really good idea. And all the time, <laughs> I have all the time. Oh, I could do this and let's yeah. do that. And it just made so much sense to me because one thing that we found, and I know that they're getting um, a little bit better with it now, but I still don't think there's as much as much couple and family and at home support as what there should be. Because, you know, ultimately we're the ones they're worried about out there. So um, there's no, that gap isn't bridged enough, I don't think. But at the time we started, up until maybe even two years ago, there there wasn't a whole resource. There was um, lots of different websites that had different blogs, different specialists, different experts. There was bits and pieces of things all over the place. But nothing somebody could pick up objectively that started um, with what what the landscape was, how to be prepared financially, how to get organised, how to communicate, parenting, relationships, looking after yourself, being resilient, you know, it's all those things. There was nothing that was just covered everything as well as expected and unexpected events because those will happen as well and how you deal with that. And I thought, you know what, with all my experience and I have the most amazing colleagues and contacts, I can put something together. So I decided that um, all my knowledge and all my contacts, uh, the FIFO community was worth it. So I spent the next two years, including um, engaging a writing mentor who's an award-winning author, getting an editor, getting a publisher, um, a lot of hard work, and six experts I um, have in the book. I interviewed loads of FIFO um, workers as well as their families. And I put it all together in a book. So that's how it worked. And and because I thought, you know, if, if why not me? Exactly. Why not you? Yeah. And what a fantastic creation that you've given us all. And mm. there's so much in it. And what I I love a lot about, it, I love the stories. I love your story as well. Especially, it was very powerful reading um, the struggles that you had early on. Mm. Um, 
just that in itself was wow, you know, and to see how you've you and your family mm. and your partnership, your husband, how you've got gotten through it is really good and now you've become this really strong superpower. <laughs> oh, I just get piece of support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I love about the book is that it's actually a uh, own your own little mini workbook. Mm. So at the end of each chapter, yeah. you have steps that we can write down and I've yeah. highlighted. Of course, I was highlighting a few things because I knew we were going to do an interview, yeah. but a lot of it, Oh, you know, obviously I was thinking about me and my family and my situation. And, and that, that's um, the whole point because that's a gift to someone. It's all well and good to read, um, you know, something really exciting or something that touches you or to have a good idea. But the gift that you can give to someone is say, you know what, I'm really real and I'm just like you. And, you know, so what I sat back and thought of was what did that show me and what can I be doing better? So if you can do that after each chapter, um, how could your life change? And it's quite easy because it's the little things we do that all of a sudden make the big difference. Absolutely. And the other thing too is that once again, in so many things that I'm talking about on the Beers with a Miner podcast, yeah. it's got nothing to do with mining. <laughs> a lot of it, it's it's life skills. It's yeah. it's just how to live a better life yeah. and or not necessarily better but happier and deal with all the crap that because comes our Because as I said, FIFO magnifies everything. So if you're not, um, you know, having good thinking habits, that will be magnified. If you're not eating properly, that will be magnified. If there's a bit of stress, that will be magnified. Um, if you're not looking after your immune system or knowing quite how to communicate your message, that's going to be magnified. Because there's greater distance, there's longer working hours and there's um, more pressure in this sort of lifestyle and it's different ways to live. It's not a new lifestyle because even before FIFO, many um, men went away to do farming or to go to war or whatever it may be. It's just that um, we've lost the skill to deal with those sort of pressures and it does come down to how you feel about yourself and how you look after yourself first and then you can build on that. That's that's right. There are it's something that's been ongoing over the generations and but we still all have to try and get through things. Um like you say, with our parents in the war and they're away for years at a time and you might get a telegram. Yeah. That says, oh, and you just hope that it's not that telegram that you don't want, mm. you know. But nowadays, with all these new technologies as well, that's something else. Like, look at us having a chat. You're down in Brizzy, I'm up here in Mackay, just north awesome. of Mackay. Yeah. And um, I've been talking to people in Western Australia all over. Yeah. And it's a sort of thing that you can sit down as a family and say, okay, how are we going to do this? What can we do? And that might be one strategy that you need to do is up your internet setup so that you've got a good enough system that you can Skype and that you're not going to freak out because <laughs> the wife or the husband or whoever, the mine worker or whoever has used all the data while you're away yeah. and or you're using it when you're talking and things. So 
their strategy. That's one strategy I hadn't even thought of until now. Yeah, and and you know all those plans are there these days. You know to be able to get the the bigger gigabytes and and all that sort of thing. You know I think the other thing as well is um, creating those networks around yourself, which they used to do naturally hundreds of years ago or even fifty years ago. You know you would have family or friends around you that you trusted. Um, in the workplace, you would have that that social and um, supportive network, and I think that's important as well. And some people have lost that skill too, so that's why sometimes FIFO seems even more isolating, because yeah, it is really hard being um, on your own at work or on your own at home. Whereas if you've got some other people around you when your partner is away, it can make it easier. Absolutely, and especially if you can find people that are like-minded and perhaps are living a FIFO lifestyle as well, at least they can understand many of the concerns that you have that people that don't have that wouldn't have a clue. Like my partner, Mad Mumsy listeners know him as the real miner because he's an underground miner, right? <laughs> he's, a, he's a real miner, Let's. just ask him real turn. <laughs> uh, so if you head to madmumsy.com forward slash beers nine, that's the number nine, you can – hear me rant a little bit about his thoughts on that. Um, But I really love hearing from him when at the end of the day, because I know he's out of the hole. And my sister's partner, the hard hat mentor, she, he's a underground um, operator as well. And you, you know, and, and then I have my family who worried about me, I'm out there in the big open cut looking at the sky. Yeah. But, man, shit can and does go down yeah. and, and and you worry about and it, you and know, and yeah, the little things. I think it can happen anywhere, though, you know. Yeah, it's a high risk, but um, so things can happen anywhere as well. So sometimes it's important to remember not to get um, too caught up in what could go wrong. Because a lot of people do as well. A lot of the, um, some of my clients, as well as a lot of people I've spoken to, really get caught up in in either um, the emotional well-being issues, you know, like depression and suicide, or um, the occupational issues, safety issues. You know, um, what can go wrong on site? As in, um, you know, you can have something fall on you, or you know, when you like you say, when you're um, underneath the ground. And you know, it's it's always important to be honest and open about the risks. But a lot of people really, really get stuck on that. You know, they're waiting for that nighttime phone call or they're waiting for someone to come home, um, not hoping for the best but only being able to vision the worst, you know. I must admit I've I've been like that in the opposite too. I've been the mind worker. So I've been at work for 12 hours, haven't had my phone on all day. My family know if really bad stuff goes down, just ring, here's the number to ring yeah. at work. Yeah because I don't have my phone with me, and then I turn my phone on at the end of the day from my locker and it goes beep, 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 get all these messages. I actually have a, my message is a, a duck. So oh. it goes quack, 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 quack. <laughs> and then if you don't answer it, it sends a reminder. So one message is two quacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there will be might be six from one of my kids. Yeah. And I think, oh, you know, I catch myself going, oh, what now? Yeah. You know, again, the real minus is our oh, days of our lives. <laughs> yeah, but it's my life. <laughs> yeah. My eldest daughter's had a baby recently. Yeah. He's uh, five months old now, my grandson. Congratulations. 
what thanks so i've got another one he's nearly 15 so it's a big gap um and it's yeah it's really exciting for us all yeah but it, that could be six pictures from throughout the day yeah you no know, whereas instantly i catch myself sometimes thinking oh what what's gone wrong yeah and i th that's not even at at a mine yeah you know, or you hear the ambulance go past. I live in a small town. My daughter, again, used to work at the local pub and the ambulance used to have to drive past. Mm. And if, especially when I was babysitting her son and the dogs, mm. she'd message me, is everything, is everything all right? Are you all right? Basically, like, um, yeah, why? Oh, ambulance just went past. Oh, okay, no, we're fine. <laughs> I do think that disaster mindset, we have to keep that in check. Because um, it's not necessarily a wrong thing. What's What can end up wrong about it is the compounding effect. So if you think of, you know, 12, 13-hour days that, that FIFO workers work um, and then um, combine that with, say, two to six weeks away, and if you're thinking like that a few times every day, that's where stress can really settle on somebody and and for the worker as well so they're they're working all that time thinking four or five times about the stress that their partner might be going through and then you times that by the time you get together you're both so exhausted and over uh, you know just over worrying about each other it can have a negative effect yeah mm. and there's sort of things that people don't understand when they just see the money yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> there's a bit more to it than all of that there's like you know i often say um and i've brought my kids up to realize as well that it's only with um sacrifice that great reward comes and you know sometimes people sacrifice work, work in the city and they'll sacrifice being apart for 15 hours a day and coming home absolutely exhausted for what they do you know and then on the weekend all they want to do is sit around and the wife constantly complains about the husband just wanting to sit around you know it's there's sacrifice with everything that you do and this is just our sacrifice. Mm, that's right. And um, I guess we should also mention, I should mention it at the start perhaps, but by FIFO, yeah. that covers so many more things, doesn't yeah. it? Um, BIBO. Now, this was something I got out of the book that I need to mention to you because I was like, oh, what, really? I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> I've heard of FIFO, yeah. fly in, fly out. DIDO, drive in, drive out, which is yeah. what I do. Yeah. Bibo, bus in, bus out. Yeah. And then there was SISO. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is SISO? Would you like to explain that? Yeah. Well, I obviously know now because yeah. I've read the book. <laughs> yeah, it's sail in, sail out. So, you know, um, we, we look at people that catch ferries to work or go to work by boat, things like that. So, yeah, so it, it's same as all the rest. It's just different modes of transport really. And um, But it's becoming more commonly known as all of them FIFO, but it's yes. just that, um, you know, to let people know there's more ways that, you know, these these um, guys and gals get to work. That's right. And what would you call someone who gets on a helicopter? Well, that's right. Maybe it's hi-ho. Hi-ho, 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 off to where we go. <laughs> I like I'm going to think of that when I'm on my way to work oh, on Thursday. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, another good part in the book, so many great parts that um, I really enjoyed and, again, the messages that you're covering. And for anyone who's listening and says, oh, I, listen to the rest of the episode 
before you run off and buy the book, <laughs> if you like. Or you can pause it. Are you, that's a great thing about podcasts. You can always pause and come back to where you left off. But um, I'll leave a link in the show notes, which will be madmumsy.com forward slash beers 16. That's the number one six. And I'll, I'll leave a link to separated by work. <laughs> Survive. Where was I? Uh, I? I've been thinking of a new hashtag, and I just started coming up with hashtag Survive FIFO. Yes. Yeah. What do you think of that? See, well, that's why I put on the when I put the um, catchphrase on the front of the book, the book Survive and Thrive Through FIFO. Um, I don't think it's just surviving it because you know what we can thrive through it. Relationships can get stronger. There's, uh, you know, obviously if we can work the finances well, um, that is also a reward and a benefit for the time and the sacrifice we've had. Um, you can thrive from this lifestyle if you've got your goals right. Uh, there's different career paths you can take, or you can just do it for a year or so you 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 know what you can gain out of it um is not is more than just surviving um this sort of life mm. so you're saying that's a shit hashtag yeah? i survive <laughs> <laughs> well you're sort of saying it's really 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 tough <laughs> It is It is quite negative, isn't it? Yeah. I did a bit of research on what other hashtags were out around FIFO. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'll think about that and see whether it mm. takes off or not. But, yeah, you're right. I would put survive and thrive FIFO. Survive and thrive, yeah, because I it's don't know if you... It is both. Survive and thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Have you seen on my website the Team 10, the girls? No. Interview 10 women who are work have worked in the mining industry or are um, connected to the mining industry. My mum was one of them. Nice. And she started, oh, I don't know, 40 years ago. Nice. Oh, not quite. She'll kill me for saying that, 30-something years ago. So my mum's stories are totally different. I can't, we will be sitting down and having a wine with her very soon. That's and awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because she started as a cleaner and ended mm-hmm. up as a laboratory supervisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, another one, a couple of workmates, obviously, my accountant mm-hmm. who's, really tough on us miners and she can be a bit mean <laughs> with the money yeah. you know it's all right if you're doing the right thing but I'm not I, I still I'm words and <laughs> you know big visions and things yeah. I've got a big pile of all that kind of stuff sits over there yeah. it's not my department but it has to be you yeah. have to be organized yeah and you touch on that in the book a lot as well yeah, yeah. and and lists and stuff but the the team 10 um and I guess it was an introduction to, um, uh, not an introduction, a step towards me deciding to do the podcast because I sent them all a message, however I connected with them. Some were on Facebook, some were email, some were a text Mm. and a couple I sat down with and I just asked them a question. What do you think that it takes for women to thrive and survive in male-dominated industries? Mm. And so... It, they and I want three. I asked them for three steps, and some of them gave me three, some of them gave me ten. <laughs> but it was really interesting reading, and I really I, I want to get them all on the podcast yeah. and and dive a bit deeper because everyone has a different a different view so on you it. Can and then web page on that. 
because I'm sure people would love once they get onto your webpage to be able to open that page and read those responses. Like that would be awesome. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. And and you'll receive uh, the PDF. And it, it's good reading and I tried to do another one for the boys mm. uh, and ask the guys the same question and I think I ended up with about five blokes that answered and then I tried to do it all again but the, working with the PDF wasn't a nightmare to be honest. Yeah. It would work in one way and then I'd look at it. It was an editing process yeah. that slowed me down there so I, I never went ahead with it. Yeah. And then I started the podcast and I just haven't got time. Well, I haven't made time for it. But, Tommy, um, it was amazing to see how many different people have different outlooks on it. Just as be- So do you have any advice while we're on that subject for women in a male-dominated industry? Not necessarily just mining, but if you're a woman working where traditionally it is normally men. Yeah. Yeah, what would be my advice for them? Yeah, the the, the how they look after themselves and um, their confidence and their self esteem has to be paramount. Has to be paramount because men recognise achievement different to how women do. So if um, if you're doubting yourself and if you're um, unsure of things and you're looking for the acknowledgement and the respect from the people that are already set in that industry, um, that's going to make it even tougher for you to do your job and do it well. Um, You've also got to be well because you've got to have that clarity of thought and you've got to have that energy to keep up. Now, I would also say too, you know, make sure that you understand um, how men communicate you know, especially where you're at and what level it is because, you know, obviously managers communicate differently to, um, you know, higher up the ladder and, and, and that type of thing. So really make sure that you are able to communicate uh, as everybody else is communicating. So I'm not saying be domineering or anything like that, but just make sure you're coming from where they're going to understand your message because quite often it's not that men are um, purposely being arrogant in some of these areas. <laughs> it's just that they're, they're not understanding what you're trying to say and the way you're trying to say it. So they're not hearing what you're, you're trying to get across to them. So make sure that you're very well versed in how to get your message across in that area, in that particular industry. Because there's certain dialogues that go, as you, as you know, with each, with each industry. And quite often, you know, a woman might go in and, um, you know, they might go, oh, don't swear around me and I want to tell you about this, that and the other, you know, whereas men are very results orientated. And if you swear every now and again, especially in male dog, they don't care. You know, it's if not- you're getting offended by that or if you're um, working on, on a level that they're not understanding, that's where you're going to get into trouble. It's got nothing to do with how productive you are or how you do your job. Um, and it's got really a lot of the issues aren't about men and women at all. It's just the fact that um, you're not able to communicate in a way they're understanding. Um, mm-hmm. Often the other thing is too is to make sure that you don't hold in when you feel that it's unfair. So whether it's the pay rate, and we know that 15% of the occupations in Australia at the moment, women are getting paid less for the same job than a man would. Mm. So make sure that you do speak up about things like that that may be irritating you or you feel that um, uh, you're getting looked over because of your gender or if you feel that there's different, um, you know, you're being treated differently because of gender, you know, just confidently speak up about that. But, again, be very, very sure of what your message is, even if you've got to go home and practice it. (laughs) 
I found I, I've had trouble over the years, especially early on, mm. if I ever started showing any kind of emotion, because mm. Mad Mumsy listeners will know that's been one yeah. of my struggles, that and heights. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, I've stood there and it's been a friend and I'm trying to get my message across but I've started crying. It's just, and I, and I've this certain particular person, and I said to him, "Just forget about them. It's just my eyes are just leaking. Just listen to what I'm trying to say. I just couldn't get it. Oh, and you know. And then as soon as you start to cry, they turn off. Yeah, and, oh, and that's just, where we need to go. Who am I speaking to? How do I need to do this? What do I need to say? And with um, all male and female conversations, the female often has to remember what is the right time for me to say it. Mm. You know, so we, we tend to be so multi-skilled and um, be able to hold so much in our head that we can say things at any time whenever they pop into our heads. Um, we've got to look at what they're doing and how they're feeling If because we, if we, we want to get the result. It's not about making them feel better. It's about us getting the result. Um, and they're very results orientated and very focused, and that's why men can be so productive. Mm. So yeah, it's just remembering that it's got nothing to do with um, inequality. I don't think it's just learning that there's different communication styles and different communication styles in industry, in gender, and and remembering how do we do it where we're at. Mm. That's right, and it's also about having the. Like you said at the start, there I think the confidence in yourself, the self be authentic belief well. in yourself. Yeah, yeah, you've got to work. Yeah, be confident, be authentic, but yet um, make sure that your message is heard. Yeah, that's right, and that that's where is something else that I wanted to talk about that I got a lot out of mm. in the section that I have read in this first episode. Remember, we're going to have two episodes on this so watch out for that in an, an upcoming episode i'll leave a, lo- a link to the second one in our show notes once it's been done um but where you speak about your cup being full mm, yeah and making sure that you fill yourself up and then your your cup runneth over yeah. <laughs> your cup runs over and then the bits that are running over are what you give out to the world and what's left for everyone else and the energy and love and knowledge that you have to share. Mm. Um, is that – have I picked that up right, yeah. that that's, how, yeah. that's what, well, which the, the message the, you were trying to say? I, um, I heard it in a, a YouTube video years ago and uh, it was uh, Yanla Van Sant who was talking about your cup running over and what she was basically saying is what's in your cup is yours and what runs over is for everyone else. You do not let people drink out of your cup because, you know, then you're drained just like I wouldn't let anybody drink my wine. It's just not going to happen. So, <laughs> no, you're going down. <laughs> because what happens is then you feel constantly drained and then there's a whole other set of issues. Um, so, you know, for your emotional well-being, and quite often when people are suffering anxiety, depression, um, they're just giving too much of themselves in too many different areas without replenishing. Okay. Um, they also gain a sense of satisfaction and, and fulfillment, but it's not for a very long time by giving to others and looking and needing their appreciation, um, especially when we are parents at home or even the worker and you want to be validated for what you're doing. You're just giving, giving, but you're not looking after yourself. What happens is you get so exhausted and so overwhelmed um, that you may find that biochemically, you'll you if you look at 
and say your brain has different pathways, things will stop firing as they normally would. So um, you get very tired, you get very overwhelmed, you, you, your brain's not firing as it should, so then you start to get anxious. Then you start to not be able to think straight. And then that leads to that darker thinking or that exhaustion, and I may as well give up. And then you're not communicating at all or you don't want to communicate because you can't get the words out right. And so we can see how this, you've got your initial stressor, but then you've got your secondary stresses and they're the things that are going to tip over. So keeping your cup full, make sure you're looking after you and then there's more of you to look after everybody else. That's fantastic and I totally agree. And we have to get selfish sometimes. We have to say, no, this well, is self me time. It's not selfish, it's self-full. Self-full, reframe that, man. <laughs> Yay. Oh, all right. I like that. So how do you self-full your cup personally on, yeah, yeah. on I, a personal level? I, I do yoga every week, which is really important for me. Um, I've got a bad shoulder and I find that without yoga, my shoulder will go. Now, when my shoulder goes, I get headaches and uh, as well as a sore shoulder. And, and so... Um, you know, that, that leads to a whole heap of, you know, I'm tired um, and pain um, and I don't have time for that. So um, yoga also help, is my thing. I also get um, acupuncture and a massage every probably every one to two months and I make, mm. so I make sure that, that happens. I love my work. I love writing. I love speaking. And so I, um, and I love, I love giving. I'm very communicate, community orientated. I'm up to my third community award that I've been nominated for this year. So I'm very excited about that. And congratulations. Thank you. And, um, so I, uh, yeah, I just, I just love, so I make time for the Lions Club because that's for me because I feel fulfilled because I'm giving to something bigger than myself. Um, you know, so I do all those sort of things which help me to then have more to give to everybody else. And people have got in my family and my friends have got used to that and they've actually started to follow suit. So it's really important that you look after you because if there's nothing left of me, I can't help anybody anyway. Mm. So, you know, I've got this five and five rule. So I will spend five hours a day working and the other five hours are for my community, my friends and my family and my home. Um, I will not give up. I will not take out of the other five. Uh, if I'm running out of work time, I won't take out of the five um, home, family and friends. You know, I just won't. You know, so, yeah, that's how I keep my cup full. Oh, thanks so much for sharing all of that. I, I feel better just listening. <laughs> I was talking to my mum today actually about I need a massage mm. and when I finished my interview with Nicole Ashby from FIFO Families, which will be episode 14, and after I got off the call, I booked an appointment with my hairdresser. Nice. And I went and, I went and got my hair done nice. because... It was way overdue and I was just feeling every time I looked at myself, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. you know, and, and it, yes, it's a an outside thing, but it's mm. it helped me become that uh, archetype, as Jodie spoke about last week, um, slip into my superwoman outfit so I can sit down and interview all these other really insane superwomen like you and just having your hair done and just the act of going to the hairdresser and having a chat and that massage. But the way I look at it is um, if, you know, when you bring up kids, you buy them nice clothes, you get their hair done, 
um, you know, uh, you look after everybody else, you know, now if it's good enough for them, why isn't it good enough for you? So, you know, and, and as my um, my two older ones are now ad, uh, young adults, and um, I often say to my daughter, I say, make sure you look after you, you know, your hair's really important, make sure you take time to go and exercise, make sure, you know, now if I'm going to tell her that, it's got to be good enough for me as well. You know, so it's really, really important. And it's not just superficial stuff. It's that stuff that goes, you know, I need this for my well-being. You know, and everybody's different. You know, I, I love getting my hair done. And that a lot of that is just to hide the grays. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I needed my roots done. That was and, the thing. And my acupuncture and yoga is partly for health reasons and whatever. But the thing is, you know, different people have different things. You know, I love shoes. I love, love shoes. Some people couldn't care less about shoes. But, you know, what, whatever your thing is, make sure that you're doing that within a comfortable budget. You know, mm-hmm. don't go outlandish because the thing is if you go and spend money on something you can't afford or that you um, haven't discussed in the family budget, it's going to blow up in your face. You know, but if your thing is I've got a girlfriend um, and they're on a very tight budget but her thing is once a week she goes for coffee on the beach for two hours. That's her thing. And that mm-hmm. totally refuels her. Yeah. No fuels her thing. Yeah. Fuels that cup up. Yep, yep. So yeah. find your thing. Back to the shoes. <laughs> I've said it. I think I've even said it. Oh, I think I've said it on the podcast. I buy software and apps instead of shoes and courses. But I'm getting to the point now. Okay, enough of that. I've got enough. I've got the. I've got you know enough software and things. I could never have enough shoes. Well, I need. I need to buy shoes. That's my point. <laughs> And the daughter's, my daughter's dog ate a pair the other day. I said, they were my best going out thongs oh, as well. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, so whatever fills your cup up, use that. Yeah. And this goes for the blokes as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, it might be not stereotyping but fishing or going for a ride yeah. on your Harley or you know, taking time you know, out as long as you communicate out. properly with your family, you know, taking time out for that golf, for playing video games, for watching movies, you know, um, going to the footy, you know, just if you need that time and just by yourself, don't think you've got to come home from work if you're the one working away and that 100% of that whole time has to be with your family. It's not that you take off from your family. It's about being fair but it's also about being able to talk about how can you have certain time off and your partner have certain time out as well if that's what you need. That's right. I've heard a few people say that um, they get cranky when these were blokes, when the mine worker comes home Mm. and they're going fishing for three days with their workmates. Yeah. And the partners, you've been with them at week at work all week. Yeah. You know, what about what about me? Well, you know, I'm, I'll be home for four days or whatever. But mm-hmm. when you're at work, and this is what I've tried to explain to a couple of those people who were feeling that way, is when you're at work, you're working. Mm. You're not relaxing and fishing. You're showing each other. Yeah. No, you should, exactly. As social as it gets is you're showing each other pictures of the fish that you caught when you went fishing last week or whatever. So let, let's go and do it together. So they're those difficult conversations. That's where, um, you know, look, I can tell you, I can tell you categorically, my husband wouldn't get away with three days away when he's home. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. 
However, different things for different families. But the thing is that you discuss these things and you come to agreement. So it might be three days every three or four months. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you present it in that way, that's that's easily accepted. You know, I'm going yeah, fishing yeah. with the blokes three days every six months. You know, it's going to be in one of the times I'm home. It cuts in the half the time I'm home. But, you know, this is just something I'd really love to do. You know, maybe you could get away with the girls another time, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, but it's how to have those conversations. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's how, you, how you're going about letting the other person know you're doing it. And mm. that's where the trouble comes in, you know. Um, I don't think any trouble's caused by the actions. It's usually how it's being communicated in the first place. Mm. Or not communicated. Or not communicated. I mean, yeah. you know, if my husband came home and said to me, just letting you know I'm going fishing for three days while I'm home, I'd be going, yeah, and um, are you taking your suitcases and your stuff with you because you won't be coming back? <laughs> Is he going to listen to the podcast? Yeah, likely. <laughs> or he knows the rules. Yeah, he knows and the rules. He, <laughs> right. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't come home. I mean, I've just done up a speaking schedule because I've got a couple of national events coming up and, um, you know, I have to work, well, I don't have to, but I choose to work that in with his um, swings because I like someone to be with the house, the pets and the kids because it's a definite madhouse here. And, um, you know, so I discuss that with him and work that in with him so that he knows I'm going and it's not ideal, but we discuss when and how and where that's going to fit. And and I just think that's a fair way to do it rather than him come home and go, oh, by the way, I've got to go away for three days. Exactly, and it's another part that I really related to in your book where you wrote about keeping lists mm. and and in that section I believe was about keeping track of who's doing what and the family and it helps everyone to know what's going on yeah. because it's hard to communicate when you don't see each other or you only get a half hour of Skype and you've got to say this, this, this and this. Yeah. And, um, oh, didn't I tell you I was going fishing for three days? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure I did. (laughs) And I'm such a list head. Whenever I read or hear anyone that tells me to write lists, my brain, you know, you were talking at the start about a moment when your brain starts to explode. Yeah. That happens to me because I'm like, no, don't tell me to write more lists. I I write too many as it is. I I need a whole day to sort out my list. But I know they're important. That's why I do I wouldn't survive without my list because the reason being they, um, it's not so much that it's what's on them. I can breathe. If I know it's on the list, I can stop at, say, the end of my five hours work or whatever and and I can go, you know what, I'm not going to forget I have to do that. Or I'll wake up in the morning or be walking around at night and I'll think, oh, my God, that's the best idea or I've got to do this. I can write it down and then walk away from it. Um, And so I find it just makes life so much easier. And something can be on the list for months, but because it's on the list, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and you feel like it kind of gets it out of your brain Mm, and it just gives you a little bit more brain space, but sometimes it gives you a bit more brain space to have some other ideas come in or some more to do things and but I've found what has been helping me a lot is uh meditating yeah I tried I've got an app yeah. of course that I paid for um it's called headspace and I love it yeah. you get 10 free uh lessons or you know sessions yeah. with them and you can choose whether it's 10 minutes 15 20 half hour whatever I just do I think if I can't fit in 10 minutes of meditating oh, no. every day, yeah. 
I've got two guided meditation CDs out that I, I've put out myself and I've taught meditation for 17 years. And, um, you know, I find meditation and mindfulness is uh, the most amazing tool. And I talk about a little bit about it in the book, even to the point where, um, you know, you don't have to go off with the fairies or anything ridiculous like that, but just being able to um, passively relax all your muscles or to use the acronym STOP. So you stop, you take a breath, you observe what's going on, and then you proceed with action or non-action, whichever one's appropriate and whatever is appropriate. And, um, you know, that takes you two minutes just to sit, take a breath, relax, close your eyes, stop, and you just take that breath and observe and then proceed. And it will make such a difference. It does. It, mm. It's amazing. And, again, I'll add links to those in the, on the show notes. I've really found that it has helped me a lot. It just helps you just to, I'm going to swear now, right, just calm the fuck down yeah. sometimes. You just you just need to go, yeah, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Just have a breath. Yeah. Right. Now, like you say, stop. I like that. Stop. Step back. Yeah. I did a... Um, I was asked to be someone's wedding photographer. and Multi-skill? Oh, yeah, well, that was, you know, another brand, <laughs> photography and video, and that's another side of things that's, you know, you should see the lists on all of that. <laughs> but um, I said yes, and then I started to panic. Yeah. Like, oh, what the hell? And, you know, and I was helping them out because I'm not a professional photographer and they knew it, so they got it. At a got me at a, at a great price, mm. but they did pay me mm. and gave me the freedom to do what I thought and trusted me. I'm like, oh god, no pressure. Um, but I I was around that time that I started doing this meditation app, and one of the things, and it was it was just stop, have a breath, and now where was I? Mm. And just and I remember doing that on the day of the wedding. Mm. As I was packing the car, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing it's, the difference that is. 17 years I've been teaching it, it's absolutely blows my mind the results I've seen people achieve. You know, people that um, couldn't sleep are sleeping, people that were suffering anxiety, couldn't go out, were going out. Um, and, and I wasn't doing that. It was the ability to be able to connect with themselves and take time out and relax that was doing. Mm. And, um, you know, a depression, you know, they never thought they were never, they were not going to be depressed. Um, overcoming traumatic um, situations, pain, when they were, their pain was reducing um, from whatever they were suffering from. It, it's just amazing. It's an amazing tool and it's ever so simple, so simple. Yeah, I totally agree, mm. and I recommend everyone has a has a try. Yeah, yeah. There's something that I found on page 23 that I really related to, and I was wondering if I could read it out, sure. and um, perhaps we'll have a quick chat on that, and then we might start looking at winding winding up this episode's conversation mm -hmm. because it really related to me, and I'll explain why at the end. FIFO workers have at times likened their on-site experience as being in a jail. Rules, restrictions, routines, expectations and more rules. There are rules on how much sleep they should have, 
through to how much beer they can drink. There are, <laughs> there you can see why that got my attention. Right? <laughs> there are rules on what they wear through to when and where. Uh, when and what they can eat. There are rules on where they can go and when they can go there. Now, I stopped at that part because when I got to there, I remembered that my daughter loves FaceTime. So my phone will ring and I'm I'm looking at a person. It's not just ringing. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) So we're having a chat and and I was out at camp and I said, I've got to go put my clothes in the dryer. Do you want to come for a walk? Yeah. She said, yeah, okay. And she showed me how to, she just pushed that little button up the top and that switched the camera off of me, yeah. thank goodness, and put it onto what I was looking at. Yeah. And I walked along the aisles of the dongers and then I said, now this is the donger and that's my room. And then we went into the laundry and then we walked back and we got back into the room. I said, just don't make too much noise because people are sleeping, you know. And... um we got back in. She said, oh, my God, Mum, it looks just like a jail. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Well, no, I didn't show you the good bits. I didn't show you these <laughs> trees and the plants. And it was night time, so there were lights and everything. And I read that and it just took me straight back to that. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. And it, it's very much like, um, you know, a few people have said it's like Groundhog Day. So not mm-hmm. only are there... Um, lots of boundaries which are put there for good reason you know everywhere in life you're going to have people that want to stretch the rules a bit too far so they've got to be firm with them there's safety considerations because we want everyone to come home um you know there's certain ways they need to build the camps there's all those sort of things to consider um but also on top of that not only uh, i think the jail reference is also because the same thing happened at the same time every day and, you know, what a lot of people don't realise is FIFO workers don't get a weekend on camp. You know, they could be working, um, you know, 13 days straight till their first day off, which a lot of them on the, you know, I know my husband does on his um, six and two roster, you know. So, um, you, you know, it's not five days a week and then two days off either. It's the same thing every day. Yeah. That's right, and that's where you need to have strategies and at least know that that's what it's going to be like yeah. or it might be like when you get out there. And can you hack that? Yeah, yeah. If you can't, ask yourself, yeah. Don't even try. Yeah, and, you know, and, and the thing is it's, it, it is how it is and there's reasons it is like that. Um, mm. And so it's not necessarily look at the bad side of it or complain about it. It's just accepting that you know, this is the way it is, just like sitting on a train, you know, that that I could think of nothing worse at times depending on how many people are on the train and who's on there, um, but you've got to do it to get to where you're going. You know, these things that happen out there, you've got to do to get to where you're going. That's where if you are one of those lucky or unlucky people who have to sit on a train for a long time, yeah. stick in your headphones and start finding podcasts. <laughs> it doesn't have to be mine. There's so many out there I'm just so passionate about, getting the word out about podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing if you've got time. Yeah, certainly. Are you okay? Yeah. You're good? Yeah, good. Yeah. I just wanted to you um you're a public speaker you speak on stage yeah. and do presentations and and things I was wondering I've started asking a few people this how did you feel when you first did it like when you first had to or chose to get on a stage and speak in front of a group of people because I'm feeling like it's a a rabbit hole that I may or may not end up going down yeah um 
it is really scary. It's really scary. And I still get up and I will rash up to start with. Um, one of the things that you have to remind yourself of is that they're happier that you're up there rather than them. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everybody's usually very nice. The thing that I learned very quickly is just because you know your stuff, don't get up there and think you know how to speak. You must write your speech and you must practice it over and over and over again. And, um, you know, some say at least 40 times, you know, mm -hmm. just read through and make sure you can read through it blindfolded because when you get up, you'll feel the pressure and a lot of things will just go out of your head. You're like, wow, where was I? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And always have notes with you. But, you know, how did I feel my very first time? Um, I was petrified. Yeah, I was, I was so worried about what everyone was going to think of me. And mm -hmm. so, and you know, I got down off that stage and I remember thinking to myself, I just blew that. And not because everyone thought it was fabulous. It actually went over really well. It was a great speak. I should have been proud of myself. But you know what I did? I made it about me instead of about the audience. And from that day forward, I decided not to do that. I was there to help them with giving them information that they could use for their transformation, not mm -hmm. about what they thought of me. So the minute I stopped making it about me, it became a lot easier. And I think we do that in a lot of areas of life, don't we? We have to make oh, it about us and then we'll stuff it up. Whereas if we're focusing on why we're doing it and who we're doing it for or who we're doing it to, whichever way you want to look at it, um, <laughs> you know, it, the result's much better. Mm. That's a great way of looking at it. I hadn't really thought about it like it's that. It's the same with your podcast. It's not what people think of you. It's about your audience. Yes. Yeah. What they're getting out of it. Yeah. And if it's helping. Like I always, and a lot of people who help others say, if I help one person, mm. I'd, I'd be happy with that. And I really I enjoyed doing it. My, my whole thing was if I saved a guy's life, or mm. if I helped a mum to feel good while she was sitting at home with two kids under five, that's all I care about. And that's still all I care about. Mm. And that point that also that you brought up about the speaking on stage and they're not necessarily thinking about you, mm. you can take that with you out to work as well when you're working in a crew. You walk, oh, The amount of times, you know, you, can, you I don't really get to this point very often anymore because I'm all grown up now maybe. <laughs> You've got your big girl pants on. Yeah, got my big girl pants on. <laughs> walk into the room and if everyone's laughing, yeah. you think, oh, they're laughing at me. But they're probably laughing about a stupid joke that they told just before you come in or the opposite, yeah. you know, if you get a bad look off someone and, and you always – I used to – think that it was about me because I'm one of those people I just want everyone to love me yeah. but I've I've soon grown up and realized that that's not the case and I'll probably not with some people to death is, and so what to stay away that's it but the thing is we're all like that and there is a part of us that no matter how old we get we can manage it better yes. but we do tend to be worried what people think we do tend to take things personally and it's human nature to want to be loved and accepted. The problem is we take it too far and let it run away with itself. So, you know, I'll often say to myself, what is it about this situation that's offended me and how can I deal with that better? You know, what, what is it in me that has, has seen this as a bad thing or has taken this personally? 
And, um, yeah, usually I can relate it back to something else. Mm, great point. Mm. And it's an, it's another huge reason we have to keep our cup full. Yeah, that's it. Because we have the strength inside of us to go, no, no, it's not yeah. It's not about me or, yeah. or, or like you say, what what is it that why is this making me upset? I, and I, bad mumsy listeners know that I speak about that quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't go into it all again. Yeah. But um, it's another important to look after ourselves so that we can deal with whatever situations life's going to chuck at us because yeah. it ain't going to stop, is it? It's going to keep coming in all situations, even if it's at the school with other parents That's and you're not included or you, or your kids on the outer. I mean, we've got to teach our kids how to have the strategies as well. Yeah. You know, I've got a 14, nearly 15-year-old grandson. Yeah. And I'm not used to boys either, so that's a whole new world for me. That's the tricky. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've noticed with my kids because a lot of people think that the kids suffer. And, you know, yeah, they feel it like we do in, in FIFO life. And um, in our next episode we're going to be talking more about the kids and everything. But from um, what I um, do and how we handle our FIFO experience, because we love FIFO now. It's great. It is paying my house off. You know, it's like it gives us two weeks together, two whole weeks. Can you imagine, like, even in my job, I almost take two weeks off every six weeks. It's awesome. Who gets mm. that? And, mm. um, you know, so it, it's all really exciting. But from that, my kids, or our kids, I should say, yeah, they're both of us, <laughs> um, they're just as close. Yeah, you're not that good. You didn't do all that yeah. on your own. <laughs> um, they're just as close and connected with their dad, even though he works away. But that's because we've never made a big deal of it. We've just gone, this is how it is. How are we going to get around this? How can you talk to dad more? Um, you know, I remember Joseph saying once when he was little, and it was quite funny, he said, I think dad's work's mean. And this is when he was doing forum one. And I said, why do you think dad's work's mean? And he said, because he should be at home for four weeks and then work for a week. And I, Yeah, I yeah. agree. How old was he when he said that? <laughs> and uh, so that was really funny. That was really funny. But, you know, but I just went, oh, well, that's not how it is. And I didn't make a big thing of it. And um, so he got to express himself and be heard. But... Life is going to throw you stuff, whether you're FIFO or not, that you don't like. You know, it's just how can you make the most of it without, you know, getting too stuck on it. So I think FIFO is just another lesson in life, really. Yeah, that's right. And it is doable. And like you say, you can survive and thrive living the FIFO lifestyle. Certainly can. Especially if you read my book. Read the book, <laughs> Separated by Work, links in the show notes, episode 16, and we will get, get, I love saying that, we will get Kirsty back on and we will go deeper into the next section uh, of the book. What what can we expect in and the next The next episode? section of the book is all about relationships. It's all about parenting, um, especially parenting those difficult kids and special needs kids. When your partner's away, it's all about um, one of the one of my favourite chapters, and um, I just love the title of this chapter is in the relationship section um, that uh, five row relationships are fifty shades of away. So we'll be talking <laughs> about that, and <laughs> and we'll also be talking about 
those unexpected events that can happen and life after FIFO. So I interviewed some very interesting people um, in the life after FIFO chapter and um, their relationships didn't do too well when they first left FIFO and so we talk about how they um, got through that. Mm. Mm. And that's something that people would not even think about. No, and it's really important. Mm. But we won't go into it now. No. Save for the next one. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I can't wait. Thank um, you, Mad Mumsy. In in closing, do you have anything right now that you're super excited about that you would like to share with us? Yeah, well, funny you say that because I um, read your um, your prep notes today on your uh, on doing the podcast, and when I got to that bit where you were going to ask me, I thought, oh, I can't believe the timing on this. Just yesterday. I have begun to launch, it's in launching process, um, the Mindful Madhouse. So this is my <laughs> next huge project. <laughs> and uh, so the Mindful Madhouse is going to be free webinars, it's going to be online programs, it's going to be ebooks, it's going to be worksheets, it's going to be resources, all about being able to be mindful in what is normal life and we all have a madhouse, whether it be at work, whether it be at home. Um, we're surrounded by madhouses and, you know, it's unrealistic to say, oh, let's be zen and let's be calm and let's be this. So, but how can we be calm in real life? So the mindful madhouse and for parents and it really will look at all aspects and there'll be interviews and everything. So not just your, your normal family, it can be your FIFO family, it can be uh, family with special needs, blended family, um, same-sex families, a whole bit. You know, we're all living in madhouses of some sort. So, you know, how can we be in the calmest state possible and the clearest state possible to be able to deal with that and have a lot of fun with it? Oh, that sounds fantastic. I and I know. think Mad Mumsy needs to come <laughs> to your mindful madness for sure. For sure. But now that I've got a new name, Mad, make a difference. Yeah. Not just not just a nutter. You can have that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That's all right. Well, Thank if, you. Also, what is the best way people get in touch with you? Okay. How, where do you hang out the most? Oh, I'm a bit of everywhere. Um, my website's um, www.unitywords.com.au. Facebook is Unity Words, as well as there's a special page for Separated by Work. And I'm also on Twitter at Separated by Work as well. Um, you can most certainly email me um, on Kirsty at unitywords.com.au if you want to get in touch as well. So, yeah, anyway. Anyway, out there, yeah. everywhere, a bit like Mad Mumsy was, oh, let's just do it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. Of course, you will be able to find all the links we discussed in this episode at madmumsy.com forward slash beers16. That's Mad Mumsy with a Z or a Z, depending where you're from, and the number 16. So well, thank you so much for today. I had a blast. It was It was really good, and I'm looking forward to our next catch up where we dive dive in uh dig mad mumsy digs where we dig deep <laughs> into the next section thanks so much Kirsty. no worries thank you i would love you to please leave a rating and review on itunes so more people can hear about the beers with a minor podcast 
head to madmumsy.com forward slash iTunes to find the subscribe link and a video with me showing you how to do it for those of you who are a little technically challenged or for those of you who are a bit more savvy, just search for Beers with a Minor in your favourite podcast app. And as always, please share with your mates. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, stay safe, be real, be special and have fun. For we only live once. Cheers.